hallowed is and Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight for the Word of God. And we pray that you will anoint the Word and that we can receive that which the Spirit has for us as believers and what the Spirit has for us as a church. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated around the church tonight. We're going to start in Galatians chapter 2. And before we get started, this is more for those who are watching online live than those who are here because we already know this. But for those who are watching online, starting tomorrow in the United States, we're on standard time. That means everything is going to be an hour later for the rest of the winter into early March. So if you're watching us on live, online live, thank you. Keep in mind the U.S. clock change and we will be an hour earlier wherever you are. How many is in the book of Galatians tonight? I'm going to start with verse 3. Just one verse here. But neither Titus, who was with me being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. I'm going to start with a simple doctrine that every one of us who are believers in Jesus should know. We are not under the Old Testament law. Are we together on this? That does not mean thou shalt not kill does not apply to us because murder was wrong before Moses went to the mount, and it is still wrong today. What is the number one commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That was the way it was before the law. That is the way it is in this age of grace. That hasn't changed. What changed is all of the ceremonial laws that those who are Israelites, we don't have to observe. So keep that in mind as we go along. If there's any person in the New Testament, especially the book of Acts going forward, who is like us, it really is Titus in the sense that Titus isn't a Jew. He's not an Israelite. Paul in this verse is very clear, a Greek. He is a Gentile just as much as you and I. He is a Gentile, not a Jew, which means prior to his conversion, 
he was not practicing the Old Testament law. And Paul made sure Titus understood that after his conversion, he did not follow the Old Testament law. Just like Titus doesn't follow the Old Testament law, neither do we. Now, let's look at Titus before Paul arrives and preaches the gospel to him. Before Titus met Paul, you could say that Titus, even though he was not under the Old Testament law, there was still a law that he was under. Book of Romans chapter 8. Book of Romans chapter 8. I'm just going to read one line out of one verse. Romans chapter 8, the last line of verse 2. Actually, verse, yeah, verse 2. The law of sin and death. This is what Titus was under before Paul arrived and preached the gospel. What is the law of sin and death? Paul sums this up with two lines. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the second line, for the wages of sin is death, the second death. So the law that Titus was under as a Greek before Paul arrived was the law of sin and death. And every one of us, before we believed in Jesus, this is what we were under. The law of sin and death. We sinned against God. Therefore, we faced the second death. Now, before Paul arrives and preaches to Titus, Titus very much has what Paul calls the old man in Romans chapter 6, very much alive. So when Paul arrives, he runs into the Greek Titus, who is under the law of sin and death. He's not under the Old Testament law, but he is under the law of sin and death. And he runs into a man whose old man is very much alive and well at that point. Now, in chapter 7, Paul will use the concept of marriage in describing the law and the Jews. In chapter 6, it's more about the Gentiles, but somewhat the same thought. Follow with me. Titus has the old man inside of him alive and well. Now, in chapter 6, I want to look at verse 14. I want to look at one word. Dominion, or have the rule. 
The old man is alive in Titus. He is under the rule or the dominion of the law of sin and death. As long as the old man is alive. And as long as Titus follows that old man into sin, Titus is under the dominion or the rule of the law of sin and death. So, Titus, before Paul arrives, he follows the old man. He sins. He worships idols. He does whatever the Greeks did. Because he follows the old man, he's under the dominion or the rule of the law of sin and death. He sinned he will face the second death. Now, here comes Saul of Tarsus, they're known as the Apostle Paul, and he arrives and he preaches the gospel message to Titus. He preaches about the Christ, the cross, the resurrection. The Spirit begins to move and begins to bear witness with Titus that what Paul is preaching is true and that he needs to believe in the gospel message. Titus, being a Greek, he hears the message and he believes in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection. What happens next? The old man inside of Titus, <coughs> it dies. Now with the old man dead, is Titus under the rule of the law of sin and death at that point? As long as the old man is alive and well, Titus was under the rule of the law of sin and death. But now that the old man is dead, Titus is no longer under the rule of the law of sin and death. Are we together on this? Now, what does it say? Chapter 8, real fast. Verse 2. The first part of the verse. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So what happens? We see... A new man in Christ come alive in Titus because the old died with Christ. The rule of the law of sin and death was no longer over Titus because Jesus took care of the sin debt and put to death the old man. Titus no longer faces the second death. Now, with the new 
man in Christ alive in Titus. What is he under? He's under what? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He is a different law in charge of his life. Not like the Old Testament law. And not like the law of sin and death. Basically, it works this way. The new man is alive. The Holy Spirit is alive inside that new man. Now, when the old was alive, it was the law of sin and death that governed Titus. Now, with the new alive, it is the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that has the rule or the dominion over Titus. So, let's follow through with this. First, we see what? Titus lost. Old man alive under the dominion or rule of the law of sin and death. Paul preaches the gospel. Titus becomes a believer. The old man dies with Christ. Now, because the old is dead, Titus is not under the rule of the law of sin and death. A new man in Christ comes alive inside of him. He is now under what Paul called the law of the spirit of life, the Holy Spirit leading Titus from that point on. That's why when Paul writes the book of Galatians, he can say that Titus is not under the Old Testament law. Why? Because once he believed, he went from the rule of the law of sin and death to the rule of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, us as believers, I'm going to safely assume that the vast majority has never been under the Old Testament law and are not Jewish by ancestry or Israelite. We're Gentiles. And before we heard the gospel, the old man is very much alive inside of us. But we heard the gospel. Something changed. The old man died. What had dominion or rule over us before we believed the law of sin and death? But now the old is dead. Are we under the rule of the law of sin and death at that point? No, because the old is dead. Now what happens? A new man comes to life inside of us. Now it's governed or dominion by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus 
has the dominion or rule over the new man. Therefore, with the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, alive and now the ruler, the inconsequence is no longer the second death. What was the last part of that verse? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So with the new man alive, under the rule of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, what's the end result? The end result is what? Eternal life with Christ Jesus our Lord. This is how it works for us. We are not under the Old Testament law because we are under what? The spirit of life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are we together on this? Okay, let's go back to Romans. Turn my Bible around. Chapter 6. And we're going to start with verse 8. Now, if we be dead in Christ, we died with Christ when we believed in the gospel message. The old man Died. Are we together on this? So, now if we be dead in Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. So with the new man inside, under the rule of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What's the end result? It said what? We shall live with him, which means the spirit of Christ living inside of us right now, but also eternal life with Christ Jesus our Lord. This new man being inside of us is vitally important because this new man where the spirit of life in Christ Jesus dwells, the one we follow the dominion and rule of going forward, we have eternal life. Verse 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more, death has no more dominion or rule over him. Let's go to Gethsemane for a second. It's the night before Jesus goes to the cross. At this point, Jesus is in a mortal body. As we all know, the next day, Jesus will die on the cross. Jesus, the Son of God, faced something like we faced, but no angel in heaven had ever faced. Jesus faced the prospect of physical death. 
and for every mortal human being. Because of Adam way back in the beginning. All of us face the exact same thing. A physical death. Yet what happens with Jesus? Yes, he dies on the cross. He is physically dead. But what happens three days later? God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, the Jesus three and a half days earlier in the Garden of Gethsemane, what was he facing? Death. You could say because Jesus is in a mortal body. Yes, death had dominion over him in the fact that he was going to die. Just like we, right now, are in mortal bodies facing the prospect of death. But when God raised Jesus from the dead, is the prospect of Jesus dying again even on the table? What did Paul say? Absolutely not. Let's read that again. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. The risen Jesus, eternal life, he dies no more. Death does not have dominion or rule over him. Death thought it had the rule over Jesus. But God said, oh no, you don't. And he raised his son from the dead. And death has no more dominion over Jesus from this point on. What does it say in verse 10? For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he lives, he lives unto God. Verse 11. Likewise reckon ye yourself to be dead indeed unto sin. When we believed in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection, the old man died. The new man came to life. What scares a lot of people about the concept of death is really the one question, if you're not a believer in Jesus, that they can't answer. Is there life after death? The answer to that question is, obviously, for us who are believers in Jesus, yes. The resurrection of Jesus proves that point. There is life after death. Now we as believers, because of what Jesus did, when we die physical death, we will pass from death unto life. 
we will be what? Eternal glorified bodies. Why? Because the old man is dead. The old man cannot be in a new glorified body. Are we together on this? That's not happening. But the new man in Christ inside of us, this body can be in a new glorified body because Jesus paid the sin debt. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Because the new man is alive, not governed or ruled by the law of sin and death. Because the new who is under the dominion of what? The spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That new man will be in a new glorified body. This is what we have to look forward to. So when Paul said, Reckon ye also, count yourself as being one because of the new man in Christ. You're going to be in a new glorified body. You are alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So, back to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's just do away with those words law right now. The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When God the Father looks at this, we are said, why? Because of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God sees this and we are saved. When God looks at us, he sees the Holy Spirit inside of us. The new man alive. Therefore, what? Alive. Verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Now, we still live in a sinful society. Every TV commercial, it seems like anyway, one of the major things is to get people to sin. Then there's peer pressure. Then there is just looking at an Oreo or whatever. And there is something out there. Everyone wants us to sin. Now, what's missing inside of us? The old man. The new man is now alive inside of us. Why can we live a spirit-led life? Why don't we have to live a lifestyle of sin? 
because the old is dead. The old was governed by the law of sin and death. And the old wanted to sin even knowing the consequence of the sin. But now, here is the new man in Christ alive inside of us. And he is governing or dominion over us into righteousness. Why are we following the righteousness? In the case of the old, they were sinning in spite of knowing the consequence. Now, we're following righteousness because we know the consequence. And that is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Make sure we understand this point. Those who have the old man, they follow the rule of sin. Even knowing what the consequence is, the second death. For the believer in Jesus, we now have the Spirit inside the new man. He is leading us into righteousness. A righteousness we can do knowing that we will receive the benefit of eternal life in Christ Jesus. So, with the Spirit leading us into righteousness, with the Spirit revealing to us what the benefit is of following the Spirit, we can avoid living a sinful lifestyle. Are we together on this? Following after the Spirit. And when we do this, we will not live a sinful lifestyle. Why? Because we want to please the Spirit, righteousness, and receive what God has for us, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Are we alive? Yes. Why? Old man dead, new man alive. And because the new man is alive, we could what? We could yield ourselves unto God. Meaning, yielding to what the Spirit of Christ inside of us is leading us to do. We don't have to yield to sin because the old is dead. We can yield to God because the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is very much alive. Last part of verse 13. And your members as instruments 
of righteousness unto God. Meaning our actions, our lifestyle is now a righteous lifestyle. Not possible under the law of sin and death. Not even possible under the Old Testament law. But it is possible with the Spirit inside the new man and with the Spirit inside the new man we can be led into righteousness by the Spirit. The Spirit becomes the one with the dominion or the rule over us. Verse 14 where we started when we looked at this chapter tonight. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin shall not have the rule over you. Why? Because the old is dead. We are not under the rule of the law of sin and death. Because the Spirit is alive inside of us, we can live this life. The last part of that verse. For ye are not under law, but under grace. Law, that's chapter 7. Let's deal with what we have been dealing with. The law of sin and death, the Gentiles were under and now what we are under as believers. And what did Paul call this grace or favor? You see, if you're looking for a word to describe how we live our lives now, who has the rule and dominion? Because the Spirit has the rule and dominion over us. We are under grace. We are now a favorite of God. Those under the law of sin and death. Are they favorites of God? No. Why? Sin cannot be in the presence of an almighty God. Sin is not favored by God. But now, with the new man alive, now with the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, in dominion over us, we are under grace. We are now the favorites of God. Who are the favorites of God? Let's start by saying, one, believers in Jesus. But let's go a little further. The believers in Jesus. We have the new man in Christ alive inside of us. We have the spirit of Christ alive inside of us. When God looks at us, 
And he sees this Holy Spirit seal. This new man alive inside of us. He says, They are my favorites. They are my sons. Adopted sons. Why? Because God looks at us and he sees the Spirit of Christ inside of us. And because the Spirit of Christ, His Son, is inside of us, God can say, we are His favorites. We are favored of God. Are we still here? So tonight as believers in Jesus, because we have this Holy Spirit inside of us, the Spirit of Christ, because we have this inside of our new man, we have eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We are new, our sins are gone, the old is dead. We're no, un, no longer under the dominion of the law of sin and death. And we can also say we're not under the Old Testament law as well. We can say that because the Spirit of Christ is alive inside of us, we now have eternal life. We have forgiveness and we are the favored favorites of God. That's why as believers we need to now start raising our chins and allow the Spirit to really come to life inside of us. We have no reason to be ashamed. The law of sin and death that wanted us to be ashamed. But the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, because this is now inside of us alive and well, because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is what has dominion over us. We can now walk in an overcoming life in victory because we are the favored of God. Let's stand across the church tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the